Welcome back to another edition of Burke's Eye View, the podcast. I'm your host, Dave Burkett, Lions beat writer for the Detroit Free Press and Freep.com. And back with you after a little Thanksgiving hiatus. We, uh, we had to take last week off because of the compressed week. There just wasn't any time to... To do a podcast with the holidays and the, the lack of practice availability that the, the Lions had. But um, back this week, and the Lions are playing on Thursday night again against the Green Bay Packers. And uh, look, the Packers come to town not playing great football. They are coming off a loss, uh, their second straight home loss last week to the, the Chicago Bears, Thanksgiving affair themselves. And um, the Lions suddenly one of the hottest teams in the NFL. There's there's only four teams right now that have won more games consecutively than the Lions. That's the the undefeated Carolina Panthers, the the Arizona Cardinals, who who might be the best team in in the NFC. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have won five straight, including a win over the Lions, and, and the Houston Texans have won four straight. So, Lions are in some some pretty elite company all of a sudden. Not record wise, I mean they're they're four and seven. They still have a a long way to go, but um, they are on the outskirts of this this playoff race in in sort of a, a watered down NFC. And um, if they beat the Packers this week. Uh, really, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be in the thick of things. I mean, they will have the tiebreaker over the Packers. They'll they would be five and seven, and, and their final four games are against teams with with losing records. So there's no reason that if the Lions don't get this game, you know, that they can't keep this role going and and you know maybe make things interesting down the stretch here. So it's still a long way off. They still have a lot of things they need to go right for that to happen, but. Um, I figured we'd, we'd, we'd throw a little change up here on the podcast this week uh, to talk about all that, everything going around the NFL. Um, usually we bring a player in uh, here on, on the podcast, but uh, Dan Wetzel, fantastic sports columnist from, from Yahoo.com, uh, was kind enough to join me on the, the podcast this week. I brought Carlos Menares, my colleague from the Free Press, in as well. We had a little roundtable talking about the Lions, talking about the, the changes that they've made, talking about the league and everything that's going around the NFL. And uh, for all you, you Spartan fans out there, talking a little bit of Michigan State too because I know Big Ten Championship game obviously this weekend. Michigan State one win away from playing in the college football playoffs. And uh, it's a pretty pretty exciting time around uh, these parts for, for all the Spartan fans. So, um, look. Again, Dan Wetzel, great columnist from Yahoo. Check out his his work on Yahoo.com. Check out his Wetzel the 40 podcast on Yahoo. It's one of the best ones out there. Um, let's get this podcast rolling. Without further ado, Dan Wetzel, Carlos Menares, Burks, I view the podcast. All right, joined again by Carlos Menares, my colleague from the Free Press. And Dan Wetzel, one of the best columnists around from Yahoo.com. And uh, pleasure to have you guys join me on the podcast this week. I, I aired. I didn't go get a Lions player this week. It was a short week. I kind of forgot about it. And what do you know? We had to settle for Slumming. Dan. So, yeah. Slumming with yeah. us, too. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate thanks that. that. Well, no, Dan, Dan is out here making a rare appearance in Allen Park, especially with a 4-7 and seven team. So there must be something about these guys that interests you, huh? They're hot. They're hot, man. Three in a row. Three straight wins. <laughs> the most impressive. Probable playoff contender, maybe ever. <laughs> I mean, start one and seven, fire half the staff, half the right? management, and boom, we got like a serious. It's like a, it's a December game with playoff implications. They are going to. Legit. I mean, if <laughs> if they can win this week against the Green Bay Packers, they will have the tiebreaker over virtually every team in the NFC. At least if that they, they win out. Con- yeah. If, if they win out, they would have. So they would then beat. The, the only one they wouldn't have it with is Seattle. Which, right. So how amazing is this? That ridiculous call at the end of the Seattle Lions game could 
somehow crush their playoff hopes. The, the, but the thing is, so I think I got this right. If Seattle, Seattle lost to Green Bay, so if they end up all nine and seven, now granted, the Lions have to win them all. The, the road Far is off. arduous. Yeah. The road is arduous, but we got a road. There was no road, right? <laughs> There's a road. Not when they fired everybody when I was <laughs> flying over the Atlantic there Ocean. There was technically back a road them. then, but no one thought there was yeah. a road. But there is a road. So then they would have – that would be their way in because they would own two wins over Green Bay if they went out. Green Bay would then have a victory over Seattle. Seattle – so a head-to-head wouldn't work. Yeah. And and I think they would go to conference record, at which time the Lions would be 8-4. and four. Man, can you believe – look at this guy's knowledge of the NFL tiebreaker goes, system. I thought it was just death to the BCS. Yes, and then, and then, <laughs> then it's like who cooks the best Coney dog, right. I think, is like the fifth one. So Detroit got has got that one uh, under under control. Uh, although Green Bay's got good – you know, they can cook, they can cook uh, meat. <laughs> Pack brats, meat well. brats. Yeah, they do. Cheese curds, too. Yeah, Seattle yeah, just yeah. forget it. They just make coffee. Fish. Right. I don't know. Do that uh, pretty good out there. I, the fact that there's a game is is astounding. <laughs> and I, who knows? I I don't know which guy said it. We were just in the locker room. Why not us? Right? <laughs> uh, see, I missed that. I was I was in conversation. I think we were talking yeah, about our yeah, daughters. We were working. Yeah, Carlos yeah. and I were out there working. Yeah, I was. I apologize <laughs> about that, Kevin. That's my editor, Kevin Bull, out there. No, look. I mean, look, Carlos. When when we saw the Lions start get off to that one and seven start. Could you ever have imagined in a million years that they'd be sitting here on the verge of again? We're not. It's a long way before they are playoff contenders, playoff, but they are in the playoff a game race. With playoff implications yes. in December. I saw it the whole way, Dave. You did, of course. <laughs> of course. Have you not been listening? I predicted. I predicted eight and eight. They're going to get to eight and eight. Yeah. No, it's you know what it is. It, it's crazy, you know. But we all knew the schedule was going to be brutal at the beginning. You know, Glover Quinn sat up there in, in, in training camp and had his little prediction for how they would go seven and one. He thought, didn't yeah, he? yeah, four and zero and all this stuff and whatever. But we knew it was going to be hard. But we knew the the back end was going to be a lot easier, and it's even easier than we thought. I think because of what's happened to the 49ers and how they crumbled and all this. So uh, I think we kind of knew that, but I didn't. We, I don't think anybody predicted, you know. Exec, you know, Luan and Mayhew getting fired, you know, Lombardi getting fired. There was a lot of, you know, turmoil, you know, tumult. When that usually happens, Stafford gets benched. Who would have predicted that? When that kind of stuff happens, you don't come back from that kind of stuff. You know, they had quit playing. Even even Caldwell admitted that, I think, in uh, in one of the games that the, everybody wasn't giving all their effort. So this is a, a really, really, of all the seasons I've covered for the Lions, the most dramatic turnaround for, for so many reasons. Now, you're gonna hold our feet to the fire. I don't think they're gonna do it. It's just, it's just, it's just too hard. It's too, too hard, hard to win that many games yeah. in a row. Yeah. The teams just don't win. Eight, they just go on eight game win streaks. That's the hardest part. Like done the Patriots. So like, oh, they got to ten and then they lost. That's the Patriots. Yeah. It's just hard to win that many games in a row. One of the things that's that I thought was interesting is um, that. As Dan's they, concentration was broken yeah. by a phone call yeah. from, I'm sure, some famous what basketball. Your, what was players. the point you made earlier? <laughs> that I'm always right. No. Oh, well, the, no, wait. Hard. Teams, no that, teams that are one and seven, they start, or teams that make rebounds, they say, well, we don't listen to the outside noise. The fans, the media, we wall it off. <laughs> the, 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 smart, the bomb was going off inside. Dirt. We just got interrupted by a phone call. I don't know what happened. I don't know where we picked up at. As my phone, I should have put it on airplane mode. I'm ignorant when it comes to these things. I am technologically inept, as Carlos can attest. So it's it's, it's hard it's to not be able to do a podcast. Yeah. So anyway, most of the time when these teams fall apart, 
it, they blame, they just say, well, we don't listen to the outside. But this was inside. Right. And so to come back from that to me is, is pretty amazing. No, I, I think we have to give the Lions credit and, and Jim Caldwell a little bit of credit for, you know, where they are now. Look, they're still four and seven. You can't overlook that fact. I mean, still one of the worst records in the NFL, but in a down NFC with some of the things that are going on. They're certainly in the mix, and they play a Packers team this week that hasn't looked very good. And I think that's why, when it, coupled with the rest of their schedule, when you you know four teams with losing records after this, that you can look at this team and, like you said, Dan, uh, legitimately uh, say there are playoff implications for a game this weekend or this Thursday, I guess, at, at Fort Field. What, what? Here's my question, Dan. In your experience here. What happens if they beat the Packers? You know, right now they're talking about we're trying to we're not listening to playoff talk, whatever. I think that talk's going to become deafening. If they beat the Packers, people are going to be so ramped up. And even though they're going on the road for a few games here, they don't have a strong opponent. I mean, is it going to be hard? Do you think for that for the team to tune out all that playoff talk? Probably. I mean, in his in there's a reason eight eight game win streaks don't happen, and it's because you get too much success and the law of averages. Yep. I mean, these games are often razor thin. And we talk, oh, they beat, they beat Green Bay. Well, they barely beat Green Bay, right? I mean, <laughs> crazy, and, and crazy. I was talking stuff. to Stafford, and it's like, well, you know, is the offense a lot better now? With the, the, he's like, yeah, but we scored 18 the first two games. So it's not like we were lighting the world on fire. Yeah, we had 40, what is it, 45? 45, 45 this week with Jim Bob Cooter, 46 the three games before that with Jim Bob Cooter. Right, so, you know, let's let's not kid ourselves. So I, what I like about them, ta- just, just dropping in, was the players – it's not like they're sitting there going, well, we got this now or anything like that. It's like, hey, at least we're, we're doing something. But uh, probably as the as it ramps up, I mean, look, you're going to get the kind of pseudo-bye week after Thursday. You get the, a longer stretch. I don't know whether that helps or hurts, but it gets them some rest. Uh, and then, yeah. bang, at St. Louis, at New Orleans. New Orleans on a Monday night, I don't care how bad New Orleans is. That's that's a dicey well, game. They got rid of Rob Ryan already, yeah. so maybe that, that defense turns things around. Sam under Fran Dennis shows Allen. up and then at the Bears. Three out of four on the road. But, hey, it's possible. And one thing i found with Lions fans is they just they just want to matter. Yeah. Just, just give us something. Now, and they didn't now, for, here's, for so here's, long. Here's my argument for that, actually, is my experience with the Lions fans um, is that they are – they're, I think they're the, – the, they're siding with more sort of um, implosion, you know, entropy. They want they want it all to be swept because well, yes. they're, they're tired of it, you know. And even they don't want Caldwell back. They don't want yeah. Caldwell back, and they they even though you're going to put lipstick on this pig at the end of the year, you know, the chances are they're not going to make the playoffs, you know. So, and I've said this with context, and even though they started poorly, if they finish well, it's going to give the Fords enough sort of maybe, you know. Uh, hope that that this is the right coach that we should keep this together going forward. And the fans don't want this. They want Stafford gone. They want Caldwell gone. They want a clean house. They you know they were really unhappy when they hired Rod Wood. You know, family friend and more of a Ford you know hire. Um, so I think they want to change. You know, I think that's that's probably typical of most fans. But I think they're tired of this. I think that that. You know, even if they come to the doorstep and just miss out, it's not going to be good well, enough. Part of it is that everybody's been touched by Millen. You know, Martin Mayhew obviously was his underling, and Sheldon White was under Martin, and you know they hired Jim Caldwell, and so everybody's been touched by Matt Millen, and, and that stench is still uh, prevalent. You know, around here in, in fans' minds, despite Matt Millen's recent apology that everybody <laughs> saw, but uh, and got a kick out of uh, but, trolling fans. Yeah, no, no. And, all right, listen, uh, Burks, I view the podcast. Carlos Monaro is my colleague here. Dan Wetzel from Yahoo. Make sure 
sure you check out his daily podcast with Pat Forty on Yahoo.com. Um, it, we always talk about Lions. Let's talk about the league a little bit. Carolina Panthers, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. Dan, do they have a shot? What chance do you give them of going undefeated this regular season? I, I think they're going to lose a game just because we – you don't know what game it's going to be. But they get a couple against Atlanta, I think, and it's just too hard. There's a reason it doesn't happen. So we've had one 16-0 team ever, and that was a really great Patriots team. So there's a reason it doesn't go down. Fifteen. If you win, you go 13-3 and in this league. You are awesome. Pretty good. You sure. are awesome. You are a really great team. And so at some point, they're going to drop one or two. It just happens. So I'm, I'm going to bank against that. Um, I thought New England, if they had gotten through Denver, probably had a better chance, but the injuries have just yeah. piled up on them. And so, and I don't even think they care at this point. <laughs> I think they're like, as long as we get to that, yeah. we get a bye. We're not scared of playing at Cincinnati, but if we can host, obviously. But it's all about, like, they'll sit Gronk for a few weeks, and they'll, Edelman's not getting rushed back, and Anamandola's not getting, they'll, yeah. they don't care. That was the best news to come from for, out of their end of the things on, on Sunday when, when Gronkowski wasn't seriously injured because anything like that would have, you know, could have been a death blow to their chances with all the other injuries that they've had on offense. But Tom Brady looks determined. I still think they're the team to beat in the AFC. Carlos here is not a Cam Newton fan. Right, I do not like Cam Newton. I've never liked him. I, I just, you know, he doesn't like his dance moves. I don't like the Donkey Kong Sue comment. No, there's something about him. It just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's it's these little things, you know, this this Donkey Kong Sue immaturity thing, tearing down the Packer sign, and there's just something. I kind of like he, the Packer I, sign. So. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The Superman. He, he drives just, people either. People love him or or hate him. He's it's really an MVP my, candidate. My family. He's a little like Kobe Bryant. Like people loved Kobe Bryant or they hated Kobe Bryant, and it wasn't until he had the the legal thing. It was there's not necessarily something about Cam Newton. You could sit there and go, oh, I can't stand that guy. Like he's a reasonably, you know, good guy. It's just, but yeah, there's certain things that drive people crazy. So I had a someone decided to have a baby last year, so I had to go to Carolina to cover the, the game all by myself. I so. sure didn't have a baby. Yeah. Um, you know how these things work? <laughs> Blame Maria for that one. I don't care. The stork was late, whatever. Um, but, but you know, so we're sitting there at you know, whatever, a Bank of America stadium and doing our stuff and whatever. I swear, it felt like it was two hours before that dude came out in his little three-piece suit and finally Longest talked. Longest interview <laughs> waiter of what all time. the heck? I mean, that's he just screams prima donna. And he's a they used to talk about brain. Michael Jordan being taken a long time, but he was Michael Jordan, right? This <laughs> <laughs> Michael F. and Jordan. Yeah. But, yeah, he does. It's hours. Yeah. You can't write columns based on Cam Newton. Yeah. You can write one, then go write another column on Cam you Newton. Know so I should wait. I should table my complaints about Jim Caldwell's post game. No, this guy. <laughs> it, and he just sits there and he gets dressed slow. And he looks yeah. good. It's a good yeah, suit. Looks great. Yeah, but it, all going back to Arbor and all that stuff. He's just, I don't, he's yeah, just always rubbing the wrong Cam way. is playing as well as anybody in the NFL right he's, now. Maybe outside of Tom Brady. I mean, he is. It's not about his play. It's about his personality. I just, I just don't, I just hater. don't care. You're for a hater, him. Carlos. Don't hate the, See, when he tore down the guy's sign, I thought it was fantastic, <laughs> and the guy wanted to sue. He wanted to file like a police complaint. You don't bring a Green Bay sign into Carolina. I like that he went and did it. He was like, I don't like that. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. I guess. I mean, but what if you were the fan? That's the question, you know? You, you hang a this is Packers country sign at – that guy had some crazy quotes. Look up the story if you don't know what the story is. This crazy guy brought a sign, tried to hang it right by the Carolina bench. Cam Newton walks over, takes it, rips it up. Yeah. 
I thought that's pretty funny. I, I got no problem with him. Carlos is a hater. If you got to bring a, you, you, that's the risk. Yeah. Someone might rip it up. All right, one last thing here uh, <laughs> before we sign off of the podcast with Carlos, Carlos Menares, Dan Wetzel. Uh, Dan, your daughter's team? No, no, we're not going to talk about fifth grade basketball. Fifth grade yeah, basketball. No. She's, yeah. she's playing. Shrine Knights. Yep. Yeah, Shrine yeah. Knights, Shrine her Knights. soccer team. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State, storm. Big Ten championship game this weekend. Carlos is a California guy. He doesn't care about it at all. Okay, but you are, yeah, night. exactly. No, I don't like college. Cal State Fullerton. He's a base, college okay. baseball That's guy. Yeah. We can't. We don't do that here on the podcast. Yeah, we, we have three refs in the NFL hub. You know, is that right? Yeah, well, cradle, that, cradle of NFL referees. That is not scoop <laughs> for you there, Dan. That's not something to be proud of these days, Carlos. <laughs> Let me tell you that. I don't know who the refs are, but if they are officiating in the NFL right now, that's not They're something you want to stay claim to. Michigan State, Iowa. Yes. What do you think about that game? It's great for the state. It's good to see Michigan State there. I know our editor has to be going crazy. He's a Michigan State guy, Kevin Bull out there. But uh, it's really good to see them. Jim Caldwell's an Iowa fan. He's going to be rooting for Iowa this week. He went to Iowa, obviously. Dan, how do you see that game playing out? I like Michigan State in this game. I think, um, to me, they will not – Michigan State will be extremely determined. They will be their typical self. They will fight to the end. That's, that's their thing. I think they'll be prepared. Uh, I think they have better, better talent. They got at least as good of a co- the coaching thing will either be better or good. I, I really like their chances of this, and it's amazing they'll be in the playoff. And at some point, they're going to have to stop claiming they're disrespected because they're not. <laughs> All I hear up there is they were disrespected. Do you know anyone in Metro Detroit that's sitting there? Other no. than the total Michigan annoying slap, he sits around and goes, Michigan State's not any good anymore. <laughs> no. Can't play that They are totally respected. One of the best quarterbacks in the country, one of the best coaches in the country. Defense has been playing really well. Absolutely. I don't know anybody. And they're like, well, we were underdogs at Ohio State. Every single team in the country would be an underdog at Ohio State. And, you you know, it's great. It's a great program. They've built it up. They they win these games, and uh, I think they'll win – I think they'll win on Saturday, and I think they're going to go in the playoff as a super dangerous team. I don't don't put any – Alabama – Got Clemson at, if, if they all went out, it's Clemson at one and Alabama two. Michigan State might end up three. Yeah. I think they're going to rather be four and play Clemson than than play Alabama. So I think like D'Antonio, if they win it, should just be like we just snuck into the playoff. <laughs> like try to send some Mind little games. messages. Yeah, yeah we, we're we're like the fourth best. Um, but I think they can beat any of those teams, including Alabama. That, they, that might be too much, but we'll see. That'd be an interesting game. Nick Saban, Great former game. Michigan State coach, you never know. thought yeah. they could. He didn't think he could get them there. Yeah, and sure enough, Mark D'Antonio gets them there. Joe Rexroad will have you on his podcast yes, to talk about that be, when that happens. Rexroad will be everywhere. <laughs> he already got, is. You know, the one here's my question: is I for, just from an outsider's point of view here, I have no rooting interest in either team. But. Fullerton baseball will be good next year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're done. Always good, <laughs> but. Um, the question is, it seems like Michigan does get a lot more attention, obviously because of the Harbaugh thing. But I can kind of see the, the state fans saying, you know, we're disrespect might be a strong word or not the right word, but the attention really seems to spotlight. Really I think seems they have more be, fans. Yeah. It's Michigan. Yeah. that's well, One thing Michigan. we know is and we all have Internet sites. You can count to the number right. how many people read every story. Right. And you bring in a guy like Harbaugh who's part showman, and is a huge personality, and he does. I don't know all Mark D'Antonio, so I may be wrong here, but I see Harbaugh on Channel Seven. I see Harbaugh doing morning shows on the radio. He's very active, yep. and I don't, I don't see that out of my, maybe he's doing it somewhere, but um, that's not him, and that's fine. It doesn't really matter in terms of coaching your team. Mark, D, whatever Mark D'Antonio is doing, he should probably just stick to doing because it's working. 
but I do think Michigan, Michigan's got more fans historically, but I don't think there's a lack of respect or a lack of coverage. Everybody, no. every media outlet's got the same amount of, almost the same amount. The blue wall does not exist for, even though fans out there think it certainly does. Like Michigan State gets plenty of, of pub. Michigan State is a well-respected program. Uh, but you're right, Michigan, because of the name, because of Harbaugh, they're always going to be uh, up there in terms of clicks and views and coverage, for that matter, and, and the, the publicity they get. So, I mean, right. if you're a, The media industry is not exactly churning along with great <laughs> – we have, we give the people what they want. That's exactly right. People so, always com- that complain about it don't understand. We write what gets clicks. Yeah, and then yeah. They, they fault you for it. Yeah. Like you want us to – it's like, what are we supposed to be, like a TV station that puts on shows you don't want to watch? <laughs> like, do you want, you does a restaurant, we're going to serve this even though no one orders it? Yeah. No, it's, this is what people and, are into. Yeah. And you're going to tell me that, that even Michigan State fans didn't click on the stories and the pictures of Jim That's Harbaugh the, and having the shirt on. Yeah, they, t- they t- well, I mean, right. sex appeal like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good point to end it. Let's end this podcast right here on that. All right, real quick, uh, I know you got Michigan State winning. Dan, uh, Michigan State, Iowa, who you got Saturday, Carlos? I'm going to go first state. First, Why not? Go <laughs> that, green. That's a sweet Michigan State. I think we all got Michigan State. Let's end this with the Lions-Packers uh, prediction. Uh, let's start with you, Carlos. Uh, I'm going to – you know, the, the last time they played, the, the Lions homer. beat – He's a homer. I'm a homer. The Lions beat the Packers. You know, and right now the Lions are playing better than they did then. The Packers are playing worse than they did then. I'm going to go Lions – what did I say before? On, on I don't know. Twenty-one. You, you, did you don't listen. Twenty-one fourteen lines. I've got the Packers winning. I just think I can't see the Lions beating them twice, even though the the Packers have been playing well and the Lions have been playing a little Hater. bit better of late. Hater. That's what I think I'm Tim Caldwell says. Because I, I don't know. I, I, it's <laughs> hard to say beat the Packers twice. The Packers are better. They're a better team. They just are. But they aren't playing very well right nope. now. I, that'll be wild down there Thursday night. It'll and be hyped up. And when they get. Ford Field is yep. so good. They've been waiting for this game. Yes, they they love those, and the, you know you get the guys get down there right after their shift about two p.m. <laughs> Lubed up. Yeah, it's <laughs> I've heard that term before. It's a rowdy scene. I'm gonna well, go with the Lions for the hey, sake of my fantasy us? team. For the sake of my fantasy team, I hope it's Joyke Bell and Amir Abdullah and all those guys doing work, not Matthew Stafford, because I'm playing against him this week. Matt, apologies, Rodwood Lions president, sure, apologies sure for Matt's that. Listening. Yeah, no, probably for for, for Carlos Menares and Dan Wetzel. I'm Dave Burkett. Thanks as always for joining me on Burkside Beautify. Podcast at hereonfreak.com.